This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I am delighted to be joined by the knowledge himself, Mr. Spencer Fearon, who's got a full-on film set going on behind him. Very creative. Yeah, yeah. Everything's been placed very strategically. Uh, not necessarily, but if we must, Coogan, I must. This man here, um, Muhammad Ali. Because uh, in your background there, you've got Ali, right? Correct. And it's signed your one, right? Correct. I've had that for 16 years. Cool. And you know what? About 20 years ago, I got a lot of Ali pictures and I was signing them myself. And it's sent them. Like, so maybe you got one. one. Maybe it's one of them. <laughs> it served its purpose for 16 but, years. But, 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 but yeah. you know, exactly. this one's signed as well. But this is when Ali trained at the Thomas Beckett gym. Yeah. In 1966, when he came over here for his rematch with Henry Cooper, the man who famously floored him in their first fight um, at Wembley in uh, 1963. And that was Ali's fight just before he fought Sonny Liston in February of 1964 and becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. And then he famously changes his name just after from Cassius Clay. I no longer want to be called that because that's my slave name, right? to Muhammad Ali, and he was given that name by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but we can, we rant on and speak about other things. So it's kind of it's a synergy here, Coogan, you know what I mean? Cassius, Coogan, Clay, you're there, right? And, and Spencer Knowledge Film, but we both have the synergy of Ali, that's mad. Anyway. It all fits. It does. Okay, uh, let's jump straight into it. Um, a few days ago, uh, you released a, an exclusive interview on your sorry sorry, sorry you sorry myself baba tundi ajay and gary blake let me finish what i'm gonna say okay continue please proceed Mate, honestly you're not on the fight is right now okay stamina right now is not for sale just shush right well you're you're, you're gonna need some after that baby's born because you'll be up all night i'll tell you that now for nothing <laughs> spencer yourself and uh, Tundi had uh, an exclusive interview with Mr. Mark Breland, um, mm -hmm. who spoke out for the first time uh, in any kind of considerable depth uh, since his yeah. with Deontay Wilder. Now, what was significant about that interview wasn't just the interview itself, it's the fallout since the interview, which kind of triggered from that interview. So well, um, you'll, have to, you'll have to elaborate with that, because I don't know the fallout. You'll have to tell me what happened. I'm not really on social media. I just do my stuff. And I, I don't. I mean, I'll say shit. I don't really care what people so say. So Beyonce Wilder came back with comments about no. that interview with Mark Breland. How do you not know this? Because I, I don't. I'm uh, I'm consumed with homeschooling of my four beautiful children and and raising my household. And so I'm I'm not. I'm, Sorry. Unless, unless somebody would have sent it to me, then yeah, but I, I didn't see it. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pull out the quote specifically because I don't want to misquote um, Mr. Deontay Wilder. Okay. So um, Deontay Wilder responds to Mark Breland's interview. Okay. So these are some of the comments he made to 7-8 Sports TV. Okay. Sometimes it ain't the enemy. Sometimes it's the motherfuckers that are right there. Let that... Sorry, please, please, sorry. Just um, refrain from using foul language because uh, I get a lot of support from uh, a, 
loads of churches in the country and uh, uh, loads of mosques. So when, I don't want to, please, if you could refrain from swearing. You could just say F, MF or whatever, but you don't need to use foul language. I wanted to quote him word for word. What's wrong? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you've, you've messed up my flow. Okay. Let that coward ass N dot 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 do what he Thank has you. to do. He's a bitch. Okay. Um, Deontay Wilder and Mark Breland again. It's like, where's this all coming from? Is it because of where I am in life and your career was short? It's all making sense now. He's been envying me. He's been jealous. Now all this S dot 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 is truly coming out. Um, he goes on to say, you want to break your silence to the UK media. Someone else poured the water in inverted comments. Uh, nah, you did that S dot 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 dot. This is the this is the end of my career question mark man this is the, only the beginning of my greatness but for you it is the end so these are some of the comments that he made uh, in response to Mark Breland's interview the other day I'm surprised you haven't seen this stuff it's been out for two or three days sorry uh, we we did what we did we got a fantastic scoop which is as Tony keeps on saying Coogan you know I've got a ridiculous black book so. When I phone guys, I phone Mark Brilliant, and because Mark Brilliant released a statement, so I know about his statement afterwards, um, which, which is all love now because uh, myself and Mark Brilliant spoke a few hours ago, um, and what happened was, I rang Mark Brilliant about two weeks ago, and I was saying to my missus, I got Mark Brilliant on the phone, and she's looking at me like. I mean, I've said, Mark, Mark Breland, forget about what Mark Breland has done as a trainer. We should give the man props of being 1982, World Games gold medalist. 19, uh, 1984, uh, Los Angeles gold medalist at the Olympics. He was an incredible boxer. He went on to, to, to beat Volbrick, who was a very good fighter, and he beats, he stops him for the WBA um, um, welterweight welterweight championship which was actually vacated by Lloyd Hunnigan because Lloyd Hunnigan ah, oh, Lloyd Hunnigan refused to fight a South African right because of the apartheid system uh, then he, he goes on he loses a, he loses the title against Marlon Starling and then he fights for the vacant title which Marlon Starling was subsequently knocked out by a man called Thomas Molinares um, in 1988 and then he fights for that vacant title because Thomas Molinares after winning the world title, um, goes into retirement. He's like, he went into obesity or some kind of craziness like that. So he ends up fighting for that world title. And it's, it's ironic because the two times when he won his world titles were both in February. So, yeah, I remember he came over here in March of 1990 and beat Lloyd Hunnigan. Uh, I was a little bit disturbed there because he beat uh, shot Lloyd Hunnigan. I'm just keeping it 100. But you can't knock that, that resume of what the man has as a professional fighter. He must know something, right? And the reason why he reached out to me, because, what was it, this time last year, myself and Pro B's on Pep Talk, we, um, we did an interview and it went viral where I was talking about Mark Breland not being allowed in the change room and how he was handled disgustingly by Deontay Wilder. And if anybody was to be blamed, as far as I'm concerned, it should have been that JD's 
and, and not Mark Breland, because JD's hasn't really got no experience in boxing. Here is a man who's a, is a, is a crime reporter for TV. That doesn't substitute me. You don't see a, a fighter bleeding from the ears. What are you going to think? You're going to think it's got to be something internal. Even you, Coogan, if you were working in somebody's corner and you saw someone's bleeding from the air, you're going to think it's something more serious than what it is. And, and, and thank God it wasn't that serious. But it is what it is. And the blame game. So I thought it was disgusting how Mark Bruno was being handled. So we've seen that. He said, well, it's a guy in England that's backed me. And that's the reason why we got the interview. That's the only reason. Because I'm a person that speaks my mind. Not everyone's going to like it. Certain people do. But I'm going to speak my mind. So the comments that I read out from Deontay Wilder came before Mark Breland put out a statement on his Instagram where it felt like he had to clarify some of the comments that he made in your interview because a lot of people were kind of maybe taking that differently. So the comments he made about Deontay Wilder being done, he was making reference to his relationship with Wilder being done as opposed to Wilder being done as a fighter, correct? Um, that's what he's elaborated later to. Yes. But this is the next thing. When we asked for the interview, um, his morning, New York, New, York, New York time, this was maybe about two hours before we did it, um, I get a phone call and then it's Mark's lawyer and we speak, and I see, um, his lawyer was speaking quite well, and the lawyer knew who I was. So yeah, I've seen the stuff that he's done on Sky. Thank you very much for defending Mark, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to talk about Deontay Wilder, right? So that kind of was like a little bit of a dampener to me. I said, what, you don't want to talk about what? Brother, I, I'm cool. I'm good. I'll talk boxing history and the fantastic team that you was on. You know what I mean? You being teammates with Evander Holyfield. You being teammates with Magic Taylor. You being, team, you being teammates uh, with uh, Pernod Whitaker. That, Tyrell Biggs, same Olympics. They all won gold medals except for Evander Holyfield. Um, Steve McCorry. Yeah, that's, that's great. I could talk about that. But on the reels, people do want to hear about this Deontay Wilder team. Right? If I said to Coog, 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 guess what? I've got Mark Breen in there. You'd be on it straight away. Yeah, but you know what? All he wants to do is talk about his career. You'd be thinking, oh. you know what I mean? I'll take, anyway. take it anyway, but I understand your point, of course. Right. Yeah. So... In a WhatsApp group, I sent a message to, to all of my guys, to Tundi and Gary, who is the guy behind the cam. I said, Gary, you know what? Looks like we ain't going to get the interview, but if we do get it, we can't talk about the Deontay Wilder. But then I spoke to Mark and I said, listen, we have to ask you about it, but all I want you to say is that you wish Deontay Wilder all the best. Simple as that. And he's, he's, he's solicitor. Agreed. He said, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Because I said, listen, I'm not trying to rumble up nothing. And, you know what I mean? But Tundi didn't get the memo. And that's the God's honest truth. He didn't get it. Tundi didn't get it. Because I said in the WhatsApp group, he, he didn't get what I said, well, well, you have to maybe just go a bit light with that. But I'm glad he didn't get it. Because I, I didn't see the double green tick go up. I said, well, boy, I don't business. So when they were talking about it, and then Tundi asked him, we never told Mark Breeden to go in the way that he did. He just went in. Deontay Wilder don't train. Deontay Wilder don't skip. What, what, did I ask you to say those things? I never asked you to say those things. You went out there. You opted to tell us how this thing, and it was more to do with comfortability because you realise that we weren't coming at no smarmy angle. I was just being, I was being genuine. I was not being disingenuous. I wasn't trying to throw him underneath the bus. You wanted to talk the team. 
So you can't talk the thing and don't think we're not going to bust that because it went viral and everybody picked up on it. So it is what it is. I still like Mark Breeland, decent human being. We spoke earlier today and he knows it's all love. So that's, that's kind of cool as well. Okay, so we knew a little bit about this because Mark Breland alluded to some of this stuff but not the way you've just obviously said it. A little bit of this in his uh, Instagram post that he put that his plan wasn't to talk about it but then when it was... he It obviously was... He had it bottled inside. It was, it was waiting to burst. So to yeah, the, of course it was. Bro, opened if, up you, if you was with... A, if Coogan, if you were with a guy for so long, right? I don't want to bring up your past. But just for, you know what I mean, you used to have another partner who used to work on this channel with you, right? And if he turned around and said, oh, well, Coogan tried to, to poison me. He came around my house and my mom made apple pie and Coogan tried to spice up the apple pie. How would you feel? Well, you'd think, damn, I'd be, would you feel, damn, I've been rumbled? Or would you feel aggrieved? So, <laughs> you're, it's, exactly. So, Mark Breland said on that interview, people know my character, so I don't need to talk about it. People who know me know. He's a very, very softly spoken man. He's a very, you know, so, but this is what, this is where the but is. Deontay Wilder's coming out with all these allegations. That's cool. Come with your proof. Because if you said a man drugged you, and this is what I'm going to this. You've been to World Title Fights. You've been to many. I've worked in, in, in corners with guys who subsequently gone on to fight for World Titles. I've been around many a fighter, like doing prayers for a certain top world-class athletes inside the change room. I, I see the rigorous drug testing that is done straight after the fight, right? So obviously you'd have been tested afterwards, right? And, and it would have been, and seeing as, this is what I'm trying to say, Jack, um, whatever you love, you attract, whatever you fear, you attract, and whatever you, you and out of the two of those things, that's the things that you empower. So what you empower, that's what you're going to draw into your life. Now, if, and unfortunately, like, and it is like the, cock call, the, the pot calling the kettle black, but it's seemingly that there's this group of Americans that have this chip on their shoulder, especially when it comes to Deontay Wilder. So they're going to say all these kind of things, well, it's this and it's that and it's da 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 No, I'm saying to Deontay Wilder, come back, prove all the doubt was wrong, right? and learn a bit of skill, right? Because you become too reliant on your, on your punching power. And I have said many a time, Deontay Wilder is a one-trick pony. Don't get twisted. What he does with that one-trick, Coog, is magical. It's ridiculous. You know it, I know it. You've been ringside seeing the guy fight. But on the same time, come with your evidence. If you have no evidence, shut up. Simple as that. I don't care what I hear about from all these other guys. I'm just keeping this thing 100, right? If I'm blaming anyone, just like what Mark Breland said, and they're talking about Tyson Fury and this glove gate nonsense, yeah? Your man who you trust, who you haven't sacked, was in the changing room, right? Was there witnessing the the hands being wrapped and then also the gloves being put on. I've no doubt you would have expected that as well. Mark Brennan said they could have put, they could have put a cast inside of it. He wouldn't have known. Like, you know, you get certain people get those guests to be there, right? So I've, I've read the statement by Mark Brennan when he said there's certain times where Deontay Wilder, you'd wait out an hour for him to turn up at the gym. Deontay Wilder would, 
listen to me, I'm going to be real. Deontay Wilder has admitted on many occasions that he's not really in love with the sport of boxing, right? He just believes that he's got a gift, that knockout power, blah, blah, blah. So he's going to exploit it to earn money. But what I have realised is this. If anybody says anything uh, uh, about Deontay Wilder, then straight away, you are a hater and you're jealous of him. Now, I haven't been raised in a jealous... <sighs> Seriously, I'm loved in my household. My children love me. My missus loves me. My, my mother loves me to bits. I, right? It's not... I'm just... I'm just... Uh, uh, not even to boast about my historical knowledge, but when I do speak about history, I like to, to, to know how men of the past carry themselves with dignity. Just very similar, very similar to being drugged. Dick Sadler, Dick Sadler, you may not know who he was. Sandy Sadler is one of the greatest featherweights of all time. And his brother, Dick Sadler, was the trainer of George Foreman. George Foreman famously fights Muhammad Ali in Zaire, Africa, October of 74. Right? The rumble in the jungle. Everybody thought that Ali was going to die in that fight. Not just get beaten up. They thought Ali was going to die, right? And the great man Ali invented the rope, stayed on the ropes for several rounds, let George Foreman punch himself out, get tired, popped him with a jab every five seconds, then came over the top with that right hand, and George Foreman was knocked out. George Foreman, after the fight, blamed Dick Sadler for poisoning his water. But there is, there is something very similar to Dante Wilder and George Foreman of that time. Then George Foreman came back, he reinvented himself, started selling grills. You know what I mean? Knocks out Michael Mora in 1994 to become the heavyweight champion again. There was a difference. George Foreman had to go through that transitional period as a human being to realize that, you know what, I was, I was blaming everybody because why? My ego was dented. And if you look at Deontay Wilder, the people around him, and Mark Breland alluded that he had too many yes-men around him, and he said that also in, in, his, in his statement, right? And I said this from last year. Too many yes-men, and I know what it's like, especially in America, where guys ain't doing nothing, but one of your mates get blows, and then you're hanging on his cocktail. So what Deontay Wilder should do, question Mark Breland, cool, whatever. Look around your circle, right? And know that with those guys, who want to live the life with you, would they put their life on the line for you? Too many yes-men around you. So you can be gassed. You can be, you can, you can be in that, you know what I mean, that consumed bubble of arrogance and ignorance. Like it says in the scripture that the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehendeth not. The reason why the darkness didn't comprehendeth not because the light was knowledge. And if you have no knowledge, especially of self, I could get deep into this, but I ain't going to get too deep. I don't want to kill no Americans right now, right? If you have no knowledge of self, everything that you do is a lie. Or as the great Dean Powell, you know what I mean, the fantastic matchmaker, I'm, I'm very close friend of me and Baba Tundi Ajayi. Dean Powell said to me, a little knowledge is worse than none at all. Spencer, just, just to finish off on this before we move on, is this situation now done with and resolved, or do you think there's more to come between this whole Wilder Breland saga? Yeah, of course there is. Because if somebody for someone's speaking to me and they got their lawyer for me on, on the case, straight away they got their lawyer to talk to me, then you know he most probably is gonna sue Deontay Wilder for those allegations. Right? And they're slanderous. But 
Deontay Wilder must have a card up his sleeve because you can't be saying those things, oh, this guy drugged me. But, you know what I mean? I'm saying you have to come to your proof. But how many excuses was it? We've heard the Glovegate story, yeah? But your guy, JD's, you know what I mean? The crime reporter, we know about boxing. The crime reporter, who's never had a, who's never had a boxing match in his life, right, was, 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 was in the changing room with Tyson Fury, right? That's number one. Number two, and I want to answer these Americans who say, oh, but there's been a fight, I think it was Christian Hamer, when Tyson Fury's, uh, the glove was torn, yeah? The thumb, the thumb was torn. And they had to change it. So they say, oh, well, he could have cheated on his way to the ring. Once your hands are wrapped and you've got your gloves on, you can't change, you can't do nothing. You can't, to the inside of the glove, you can't do nothing to it. That's number one. Number two, first, it, I thought it was a suit. The suit was too heavy and your legs were shot because the suit was too heavy. Do you remember that? Oh, the suit that I wore, it was too heavy for me and that shot my legs. So you're looking for excuses and excuses. There are similarities between George Foreman, right? And Deontay Wilder. But here is the, there is a certain form of recompense and a saving value of grace here. George Foreman, while he was retired for 10 years, when he came back, George Foreman learned how to fight smart and fight clever and reserve and then try and knock you out. And what Deontay Wilder should be doing right now, instead of all of this going back and forth and blah, 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 and all the rest of it, what Deontay Wilder should be doing, he should be in the gym trying to learn the finer parts of this noble art that is the pugilistic skills of boxing. That's what Deontay Wilder should be doing. And I'm saying this to Deontay Wilder out of love because for some strange reason, all of the Deontay Wilder groupies out there, and he's got, he's got um, some cult following, right, in certain communities. I'm not, I'm not hating on Deontay Wilder. I said it last year on Pep Talk. All I want Deontay Wilder to do is fix up. Spare me these allegations. Spare me these slanderous things on people and come back, learn your skill better because it wasn't no cheating that beat you. It was the skill of Tyson Fury. And if he did, if there was some dodgy glove thing and all the rest of it, why did you get knocked down by a body shot? A body shot. I rest my case on that one. Okay. Are you there? Sorry, mate. I am there. That was a phone call from Michelle Joy Phelps. So we've got to speed this one up, sir. <laughs> okay. So um, I want to move on and I want to talk about Mr. Daniel Kinahan. Uh, right. Now, Spencer... For years, I've spoken to and heard from a lot of people in boxing, from the bottom to the top. People that have told me firsthand that Daniel Kinahan has helped them, yeah? He may have guided them. He may have advised them. He may have got them a bigger fight. He may have got them a bit better deal. We both know fighters at a certain level that wouldn't have got a certain fight without Daniel Kinahan's involvement. This is One million percent. Okay, so this isn't hearsay. This is what these people have actually told me out there their own mouths for years. So we've heard some boxers and people in boxing over the last few days come out and address what I'm talking about there. But should we see more people come out and talk about their relationship in boxing with Daniel Kinahan? Wow. Cook, that is a very good question. This is how it goes is this. is like once come out in conversation, expectation comes out in behavior, Right. So you can want all you want, but that's just chitter-chat. But what I do know, I'm not just going to keep this thing 100. Daniel Kinahan is a beautiful human being, right? 
Now, I don't care if you want to shoot me down or anything else. A beautiful human being, um, a very caring, loving man who's amazingly helpful, right? Um, and anybody, and there was loads of people who sit down at his table. This is what I don't get. So many people, and you all know who you are. You sit at a man's table, right? You take his hospitality. You know he's a genius business person, right? You'll sit down with your greedy guts, and some, some people sit down with their family as well, and it's gobble, 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 gobble. And then as soon as his name gets called, I've never seen him before in my life. You're all, and these are these, it's these little swines. They are swines. They are putrid human beings. You know what I mean? Now, this is what I'm saying is this. I'm not denying no one. I've been getting loads of phone calls from people saying, oh, Spence, we saw what you said from last year about the guy when nobody went calling his name. I'm saying, that's right. And I'm going to say it again. He's a stand-up guy. His family know my family. My family actually love his family. His kids actually love me. So, is he a genius business person? The guy's got a phenomenal brain. I think you could agree. You could bear testimony to that, couldn't you, Coogan? Absolutely. Right. He has a genius mind, and he makes shit happen. Right? And what's happening to this man right now is unlawful. Is unlawful. What's happening to him or the slander that's, that's on his name. When you're seeing guys, listen, Bob Arum's no monkey. Bob Arum ain't going to come out and say the things that he said about this man. Right? If they weren't true. Bob Arum don't give a shit. He's an old man. Now, do you think he cares? Bob Arum wants to just chill in his house and burn his high grade. He's good. You know what I mean? Frank Warren coming out saying the thing. Frank Warren, they're saying he's the, the, the second most powerful man in boxing. But historically, and all the things that he's done, historically, Frank Warren is the most powerful man, historically speaking. Eddie Hearn has surpassed him by the things that he's done now. But Frank Warren was a G back in the day, right? Eddie Hearn has blown it to a whole new stratosphere. What has Frank Warren said about the man? What has Eddie Hearn said about the man? Right? I think, right. So this is what I'm rolling. You know why? I love this sport. And... I know on certain parts, the sport can be dirty, it can be filth-ridden, it can be all of these things, it can be all of those things. But it can be also the... the Daniel Kinner has renewed my belief in boxing. I'm just telling you this now. And you know me, Coog, because if I turn around my camera right now, boxing's on the TV. I study this game profusely. I study things that have no relevance but it means something to me. And when I've seen someone come along and I've seen fighters eat a food, right? I'm not talking a little bit of food. I'm saying get a big whole pie for themselves. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good that certain top-notch promoters, I ain't calling their names, but they know their place. When my guy's on the phone because he's a master negotiator, a master negotiator. So when people are, uh, 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 are painting this guy as this big, bad, Wolf, I want you to remember this, people. The man that points his finger has three fingers pointed back at him, right? And where scripture says, judge not, lest ye be judged. So everyone's talking on this high righteous tip, and they are all little slags, and you know who they are as well, you're calling on this, but they are. And it wise me up because I'm seeing a man that loves something that I love. So I have a common denominator of synergy. And not only that, he's a very spiritual person. That's why I made him get up.
and I've got nothing but love and admiration for that guy. And I've seen what he's done for fighters. He's saved certain fighters, uh, certain fighters who have been exploited, who have been robbed. I ain't gonna even get into that, right? And he's come along and saved them from that putridness. And the people who spilled the putridness are now turning around and trying to besmirch this guy's name. Yeah, I'm telling these people, you wanna be careful. You wanna be careful because I'm telling you, Karma does not forget an address. I'm telling you this now. Karma is worse than child support. So, Sorry, carry on. No, that's it. Go Spencer, on. You, you will also know of many situations where Daniel Kinahan has reached out to people that he doesn't even know to help them. And also, no one's known about it. So it's not for pats on the back. He's done it just because he's done it. And no one knows about it, but me and you know about stuff. Yeah, well, the thing about it is this is, is um, I'm not talking about just people in the UK. You know what I mean? I could tell you stories of people who are going through a hard time in America. Guys who are going in a bad time in South Africa. Guys who've gone through a bad time in Nigeria, right? And that guy's gone out his way to help them, right? He don't know them. Right? Are they a boxer? No problem. Let's sort them out. I know this personally. You know this personally. Mm -hmm. So it's and, it's, and, it, and I'm telling you this now, it's not for some form of atonement or anything else. It's because the man has a very giving nature. And what you must realize is this, givers get. You know you must be some form of don if you can get Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren to sit down and negotiate a deal. Bob Arum in the mix. Eagles put to one side. And you're sitting down with a big man. So yeah, Daniel Kinahan is a boss. Let's just be real. He's a boss. Right? And uh, um, you were the one that sent me over um, his statement that he made over on TalkSport. Right? And I just want to touch on this now. When everyone's saying, oh, he's, he's run away to the Middle East, where is he? Check this one out. You know what I mean? If, if I was Daniel Kinnan, I'll be in the Middle East as well. Or I'll be, because if you know anything about the Special Crime Court, which was formed in 1972, read, because readers are leaders, right? You'd realize that Amnesty International and the UN, right, are vehemently opposed to that system. Do you know that? Vehemently. You know why? Because it is... When they say it's a kangaroo court, it's surpassed being kangaroo courtish. Kangaroo courts, you'd, you'd find them in certain countries and you think, oh, it's terrible. No, at least you've got a jury. There, are, there is no jury there, right? So it's done by the, the opinions of what you read in the newspapers or the character assassination that people are trying to do on a man. Uh, you'd read that and you'd take that in and it's to the judge's opinion. Now, why would you want to face any form of court there? Why would anybody? That is nonsense. Utter nonsense and garbage. And it should have been, what was it? Um, the Good Friday Agreement, which is also called the, the, the Belfast Agreement, yeah? It, with Tony Blair and the Prime Minister of, of Ireland. When that agreement was signed, that court should have been done away with, but they never, they kept it. So the agreement was signed in, uh, what was it, 89? 
So it should have been done away with. But for, 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 for a further um, 17 years, it still stayed, into, still stayed into play and it's into play today. But when you're called for that, it was called for terrorism. That's what it was called for. So you trying to say this guy's a terrorist? Give me a break, man. Guy's a businessman and he's fantastically good at doing business. And for my sport that I love emphatically, leave the man alone. Let the guy continue doing what he's doing. Right? Let the man negotiate the deals that he's doing because when I see fires eat, or when I see fires ending up with homes where they can live for their family, look after their family, they ain't not bad in that guy. There's bad in people that's trying to lock him up. There's bad in people that are trying to besmirch his name. There's bad in people that are making these, these ridiculous documentaries. Ridiculous! Spare me from this nonsense, man. Okay. Well, Spencer... I have another interview lined up in three minutes. I know you've got something to do. I do appreciate your time this Wednesday yeah. evening. Um, it was an honour, Coogan. You know what I mean? Keep this thing 100. Keep it positive, right? Keep it vibrant. As scripture says, I'm a, I like to allude to scripture. Before you take the mud that is in my eyes, take the beam that is in your own. So that's it. Don't judge nobody, right? Because, and it's all lies as well. I wouldn't mind if it's true. You know what I mean? I'm a pretty good judge of character, Coogan. You know what I mean? I knew you was useless from the first day I saw you. But what I'm trying to Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. No, nah, nah, I'm keeping it 100, right? I've seen the growth. And I, I don't need to testify on somebody because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying things for the sake of saying it. I'm saying it because it's the truth. But I am going to allude to this. All the bitches that, that, that don't call the guy's name, the guy's got no criminal record, the guy's a good guy, and all those ones who, who go off and eat from his hospitality table, but, but go on like the guy don't exist, the guy does exist, and he doesn't exist for the bad that they're trying to say that he has done, he exists for the good that he has done, that he's continuing to do, and he's going to do in the future as well. All right, Kook? It's been a pleasure. Spencer Fearon, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and we'll definitely catch up with you again very soon. Yes, sir. Keep it real.